Welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. And we so look forward to this uh, weekly time spent with you where we are highlighting the beauty of the Christian worldview and uh, and how important it is for life to make sense. And, you know, that's the beauty of the gospel is when God speaks. He's a creator of the universe. What he says is true. And if we listen to him, we, we live lives that are full of meaning. If we don't listen to him, uh, we get full of all kinds of confusion and craziness and pain and suffering. And, uh, and so that's why I get so excited about this podcast. It's a declaration of life, and uh, it's a declaration of Christ. And our, our subtitle is Bringing Lordship to Life, which means wherever Jesus is recognized as his rightful role as Lord, uh, life happens. Good life, blessings, prosperity, uh, happiness, joy, fulfillment. That's what the Christian worldview brings. And then we're on the converse is also true wherever we reject him. Uh, we get into all kinds of craziness, and um, and we're talking about craziness right now. Uh, we have been in a book. Talk about that book, because I want to keep encouraging people to uh, to get there. Yeah, the strange new no break. Oh, strange new yeah, world. We always get that yeah. one confused. Strange new strange world, new world. Because it's a play off of brave new world. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the strange new world that we're talking about is this strange new world of uh, really the uh, the fruit of the sexual revolution. Um, yeah, it's all coming to flower right now, and the the flowers are not so beautiful. And the in the wake of what's left behind is a lot of right. brokenness and pain. But but we're really talking about a movement today that has been remarkably successful. Um, it is a coalition that has been formed, uh, and as the author states, uh, it is one of the greatest political success stories in the last yeah. half century. So, I mean, this the book is called A Strange New World because he says if you were, like, basically comatose in, like, I don't know, 1990, <laughs> even 1990, yeah, and then you're in a coma, you wake up in 2022, mm-hmm. that's where yep. we're at, 2022, yep. yep. And you you wouldn't even recognize the landscape of our social culture, yeah, it's our like political been, culture. It's like you've been abducted by aliens, and you and you wake up on some new planet or, with different rules and different yeah, expectations. The last couple of decades, things have changed so drastically uh, that that you is unrecognizable from yeah. just a few decades ago. And, and he will explore why. Of why course, we're talking place. about the LGBTQ plus. Uh, that plus is important because, it, as we talked about, it opens the door to an infinite number of sexual orientations and identities. Um, but the author goes back to share something pretty remarkable. You know, I was born in 1962. In the 1960s, most Western countries uh, outlawed homosexuality. It was a, it was an illegal behavior punishable by law because it was viewed as a, a form of sexual deviancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also obviously viewed as something that attacked morality, something that did not promote healthy communities, something that, you know, all kinds of reasons why, but it was coming out of a, a biblical uh, worldview uh, where homosexuality was, again, prohibited. Mm-hmm. Um, now, fast forward, it hasn't been that many years and that many decades to where now what I just shared as an opening would be received on social media as as a form of attack, and I would be I would be the one attacked by those on the left uh, as being homophobic or whatever, um, and not only that, but but the polite liberal media would just or liberal society would exclude you. You would be canceled, you know, in our yeah. culture today if you just speak out in any way, shape, or form against any of those alphabet letters that we just talked about. So he says, you know, the speed and the depth and the scope of this revolution is absolutely impressive. How how do we go from 1960s to 2020 
to where everything has been turned upside down and where now you are you are being attacked if you just express any viewpoint no matter how respectfully that goes against uh the movement yeah and and i thought the the way the author approached the subject was interesting because as you know this uh successful regimes have to build a coalition you realize you can't do it by yourself right so the lgbtq plus really had built a coalition, which is from a historical perspective, which, you know, a lot of this, I, I wasn't born yet, nor was I, right. or, or, hey, hey, don't rub it in, I'm not <laughs> but, I, but some of it happened even before you were born, oh, exactly. but, but, but just, he tracks the historical, uh, what happened historically to build right. that coalition. So it's interesting because traditionally, again, this, I don't know this personally, he, he was talking about how the L and the G, the lesbian and the gay, actually were in opposition. They were actually right. not in coalition traditionally. Right, because you know you look at, at, at uh, for instance, the, the G, the gay community. It was all about genital sex. It was all about sexual pleasure, and it was it 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 built on the premise again that men were attracted sexually to other men. So it was very much gender binary in its orientation, and the same thing with the lesbian community. Uh, although it wasn't so much genitally focused, it was about companionship. It was about friendship. It, right. You know, uh, it was about intimacy. Um, but the lesbians were not supportive of the gays because the gays were still in a privileged. Yeah, they still see the the male as the patriarchy, the privileged position. Right. Whereas, so so the, uh, again. Basically, there's, I mean, there's just a tension point between the L and G. Right. They were not together. Right, right. They were not moving together. And then right. something called the AIDS crisis yeah. happened in the early 80s. Uh, and this is interesting how this happens. You know, so, so this, was, this was a perfect example of biblical truth com- coming out to play. God says it's not right for men to have sex with other men. Uh, and, the, and he even says in Romans 1 that they bear in their bodies the consequences of their behavior, mm-hmm. uh, which would suggest that there are physical consequences, health consequences to using your body in a dishonorable way. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, instead of saying, Lord, we repent for this age crisis, instead of repenting, they became the new victims. Mm-hmm. And they played that out as, you know, we've got to find more. We have to have more funding uh, to find a solution, when really the solution is don't have gay sex. That's the solution biblically. But I find it interesting they played the victim card, uh, and everybody now saw them as people to uh, uh, that, that were somehow being oppressed, that needed more money, that needed more support, that needed you know. And again, not to take out the human element, it's tragic that the that AIDS happened. No one's no one's celebrating that. But I find it interesting how that tr- that that victim card was played very successfully, to where once they were viewed as as you know, you guys are are being. Uh, 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 inappropriate in your sexual expression and you're reaping the results of that and where now it's like no we we need to do everything we can to keep you living your lifestyle um and to do something to find the you know the cure to aids so i remember that there was all this political pressure on more tax dollars more funding we got to find a solution when those of us in the church were saying we have a solution it's in romans one you know but that wasn't the solution so this was a a marriage of convenience Right. What that led to is the L and the G came together and start forming a coalition. But even in that coalition, there is a 
understanding of biological sex. Yes. In other words, I think that's the important point. This is very much still gender binary. It's men attracted to men. It's women attracted to to women. Well, if you think logically, (coughs) if if you think gender is fluid from your sexual biology, then it kind of, then the L and the G loses their identity, loses their meaning, because if it's all fluid, then I'm not, then it doesn't make any sense to say I'm only attracted to a male and if right. that's fluid, if male is fluid, then it then it, there's no meaning to that in right. itself, right? Male has to be something, and female has right. to mean something. Something objective yeah. and not like fluid moving, right? Exactly. So 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 embedded in L in, in lesbian and gay is gender binary. Yes. So, Which is something again. Yeah. That's where we're all singing off the same sheet. We right. would argue about whether it was appropriate for for that form of sexual expression, but right. at least we were all on the same page right. talking about gender binary. Right. But when the T came, it's like a it, it yeah, just that was a mass throws everything off, yeah, right? The, the common enemy before with the L's and the G's was what they called heteronormative society. In other words, um, you know, that, that men and women were meant to come together sexually, and that was the norm. Now, again, we go back to Romans 1. That is the biblical norm, period. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, that's the biblical norm. They were rejecting all of that, but they still at least acknowledged that there was such a thing called men and such a thing called women. Now comes the T. Right. And, and I think we can break this down a little bit because there's some nuance to the T, the, the, the trans, okay? Because what the, the ideology introduced in this is that your gender and your biological sex are two different things. Right. Now, this is nuanced. I, I appreciate the book talks about this because it, 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 this whole team movement is saying gender is a construct, a social construct. Right. It's something that we humans created. Now, of course, biblically, we understand that that's no. the Bible says Jesus himself quoted Genesis, God made the males and females. The Bible says that. But... If you take out the Bible from a humanistic perspective, you can see where that come from, that male and female. Now, the argument they give, which was interesting, is, is you look at gender roles throughout different culture. And based on different culture, different nations, right. there are slight, there are some differences between gender roles. Yeah. Okay. So by by those nuanced differences in gender roles, where they get that gender is purely a construct, is sure. imaginary. So, so yeah. So a, a, a male behavior in Taiwan what is masculine in might Taiwan slightly might be, different. be different from a male behavior in yeah. Africa, which might be different from Probably. Western Europe. Yeah. Yeah. But, but still, we would argue that it's still within a broad category of masculinity uh, or femininity yeah. because it's tied ultimately to biology, which is very real. Right. So, um, so, so a woman might dress a certain way or have a certain role in one part of the world and whereas in a different role they might have different roles so so by that logic they went all the way to the extreme it says there's no such thing as bio connection it's all socially it's all socially construct no, right? nothing they went to that extreme yeah in fact there's a fa- famous quote right. here one is not born but rather becomes woman and the idea was that gender is a performance mm-hmm. you, you act according to what society thinks you need to B or you know so if if society says this is what a woman looks like or acts like then gender becomes the performing of those expectations and so now we get into this whole idea of non-gender conforming behavior meaning I'm free to perform and to act out my gender as I feel it is right to act out right, right. Um, but that's a massive shift a massive severance and and what it did this is why it creates 
it, it creates a tension point or a fault line in the whole movement. Everybody's getting along now because they have the same common enemy. But what the transgender ideology did is it basically denied that there are women and denied that there are men, which is the whole foundation of feminism. Right. So it, so it actually, so there is actually deeply in, in within the movement, there's a division between the T's and the L and the G's. And the B's. And, and the B's. Because the bisexuals also believe in gender binary. They're just attracted right. to Right. By saying, by, by having a B in there, you're really saying it's binary. And the feminist movement, which again, if you say that uh, gender is simply a construct, anyone can be a woman, then feminism loses its meaning so, in itself. Yeah, let's flesh that out. So, so what, what are some of the unique, the unique things about being a woman? Well, you have a menstrual cycle every right. month. You, are, you have the ability to bear children. Right. And you have a history, uh, according to the feminist, of being in a patriarchal, oppressed society where women were not treated equally or no. in the marketplace or whatever. So, so f- true feminists are saying, wait a minute, just because you say you're a woman, you're not a woman. You're still a man. You've experienced none of the history of what it means right. to be a female. And now because you just say you want to be a woman, we're supposed to accept you as a woman. Wait a minute. Well, you've never menstruated. You've never you've never had children. You've never been Well, a part how about of this? It. Just biology-wise, every single cell of your body has if you're Double if X you're chromosome. if you're a man, you have an XY chromosome in every single one of your cell. And that can be changed. And, and also, how about this? As a biological woman, in general, again, in general, you are going to have less muscle mass, less yep. explosive muscles than the male in competition, less and less strength in the competition. So, so those are biological differences. That that's not construct. And and basically, these feminists are saying the 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 life the life circumstance of being able to get pregnant and whatnot shapes a woman's experience and that experience is not simply replaced because it's a construct yeah, you, you can't it's make not that plastic up. that's it's, right it's actually it's not fluid so, so now here's the problem you got these folks yeah. who are feminists uh or who are homo traditional homosexual men who are now being accused of transphobia because of their binary beliefs. Right. So you have G, L, and Gs, and, and, B. and Bs, and feminists who are accused of transphobia because they're saying, hey, this is, this is a, on the idea level, if you think deeply enough, this ideology actually attacks what we identify everything as, what we, calls yeah, us identity. Everything we've been fighting for. Right. In other words, they say there's got to be something that's called a woman. Like, like you have or, to or define man. it. Yeah. yeah. And, and if this makes you bring her, I mean, when I read this chapter, <laughs> my bring her, because I'm just like, wow, I'm like, it's like, lot, it's like twist upon twist upon twist upon twist. I'm just like, this is, this is crazy stuff. But, but the point I want to highlight yeah. for this podcast is we, uh, we've said this before. If a worldview is true, it, it will have coherent, intellectual coherence. What you have here is a bunch of, of uh, oppressed, so to speak, groups all coming under the same banner, but they got major problems in the house, all right? The family the family is not a unified, happy family. They are simply coexisting because there's an, there's an enemy out there, and that enemy is heteronormativity and patriarchy yeah. and all this kind. That's the enemy. 
But even within the camp, there's major, major Well, even, problems. okay, so once the enemy is defeated, I'm not saying we will yeah. get defeated, but say yeah. it's defeated, it's going to just cause more conflict because there's a clashing of worldview. I mean, that's why, uh, for those who are familiar with J.K. Rowling, yep. who is the author of Harry Potter, yep. she's a strong feminist. Somewhat successful uh, author. Yeah, so much, I mean, <laughs> and I mean, ho- I mean, made Hollywood so much money, right? Oh, yeah. But... I mean, what I read is these Hollywood actors and actresses. Yeah. Well, and quote. There must be a word, J.K. Rowling said, there must be a word for people who menstruate. I, I think they actually came up with the word recently, like menstruating persons. Instead of calling a woman, they call it menstruating persons. Because, be, again, it's just even... Now, when I first heard that, I'm like, what is that? Uh, this doesn't even connect with me. But after reading this, I now I understand why they need to create a definition for that. Because they're trying to pigeonhole the ideology right in that sweet well, spot and, that doesn't offend everybody. And Matt, Matt Walsh came out with a great movie right, right. called What is a Woman? In fact, that he was going up to all these people just saying, can you please define for define me a woman? woman? And even when we had the Supreme Court nominee that was put up, and yeah. that was the question, could you define for us what a woman is? And and she she dodged the issue because she was I'm wise not. enough to understand that there's a massive ideology behind yeah. all of this. Yeah. And, and I guess what we want our listeners to understand is you can't just sit back and say, hey, just let's just love everybody and just be whatever you want to be. Because there are political and legal transformations that are happening. As we were talking about, the whole world is founded upon binary. There's men's and women's sports. There's men's and women's bathrooms. There's men's and women's clothing. I mean, the whole world. Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, men's colleges, women colleges. And then it goes into law. Yeah. You know, uh, because all of this is expressed in terms of, you know, even when you're filling out a form, are you a male or are you a female? I mean, our whole society. So we're not talking about a tiny little case sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. Let me just accept you or whatever your ideology is and we'll all get along happily. We're talking about a seismic earthquake upheaval taking place that's going to hit the legal system and then it's going to go out into into every aspect of our lives. Well, this is massive. So what the book mentions talk when they talk about the, the soji law, the sexual orientation gender identity laws. Yeah. The big threat was like against the florists or the cake bakers and stuff like that. You know, the Christian florists and the Christian cake bakers. <clears throat> and that and was rooted also. in binary. Again. That was still rooted in binary. So yeah. it was like, okay, that was that was just a section of Christians who work with wedding industries that that's kind of has to fight that battle, right? But with this issue with the tea movement, it's like affects every single nuance of society. Now we see it most pronounced in women's sports right now. Yep, or, in the, or in the public schools. Or in the public schools. Uh, with critical race theory, uh, which is all rooted again in an attack on binary. Yeah. So, so the book talks about. We don't want to get into, into too much depth here, but there were uh, Yogyakarta principles that were developed by the uh, LGBT, LGBT uh, movement. This happened like in 2006, and these were things that they said local municipalities, politicians, uh, law needed to embrace these principles. The problem with these principles is that if they are embraced, this is the result as it relates to um, ideas that would be called discriminatory. Now, if you're listening here and you're a believer, some of these beliefs I'm going to mention here, which would now be considered discrimination, you might be slightly familiar with because these are biblical truths. Let me give you an example. The belief that marriage is only between a man and a woman. The Bible's clear about that. 
That would be viewed as discrimination, and you would be punished for holding that belief. The belief that sexual activity should be restricted to marriage, which, again, is a clear teaching of Scripture. Of course, you know, the LGBT deny all of that. The belief that children have a right to know and to be brought up by their own father and mother. This is interesting. This group believes that the transgender community should have the right to found a family. In other words, think about this for a moment. Uh, back at the, uh, the L and the G, it's impossible to have children in an L relationship or a G relationship because it requires a male and female. This is just common sense. It used to be. Now, this group's demanding the right to have a family even though they can't procreate, which means our job is to make sure they can adopt children, uh, we can artificially inseminate. In other words, the scientific technology now must be used to help people who biologically cannot procreate have a family. And that all should be considered normal, beautiful. We have to celebrate that. Um, obviously, we have some biblical problems with that. Um, it goes on, the belief that human beings are either male or female from birth. All of these things are considered discriminatory. This is why you, you hear this crazy Brave New World kind of stuff where we're basically saying in some groups, some uh, radical leftist areas, LGBT-promoting areas, the children, when they're born, they should not be called male or female. They should be given um, hormone blockers. drugs, yeah, hormone blockers to, to so that it the child has to grow up enough to, and then let him or her, which I don't know if we can use that language anymore, but let the child decide, decide for themselves what gender they want to be. I mean... This is just like you talk about Brave New World type stuff. This is crazy. But all of this comes from an ideology, and that's what I think is important for people to understand. None of this is coming out of a vacuum. There are people, there, there are ideologies that are driving this type of thought, which is so strange to us. And that's why this book was written, and that's why we're talking about it. If you don't go back and follow the ideas, you'll be living on a strange new world, and you have no idea You're where. You're just flowing along with, with the winds of culture and whatever is put out from media and social media and news, and you just flow along with it. But, but hopefully, armed with this amount of information, you can recognize and say, okay, that's where the ideology, here's the inconsistency. This is, the, this is what it means moving forward. If this law gets passed, then what does that mean for my kids? What does it mean for oh, my yeah. job? What does it mean for public education? Well, we're talking about all the pronoun stuff. And, yeah. of course, all the pronoun stuff comes out of this fluid, you know, uh, the Q, mm-hmm. we should probably talk about that. The Q talks about queer theory. Queer theory is there is really no genders, your sexual orientation or your sexual identity is very personal and it's rooted in your feelings. Nobody can tell you you aren't what you feel that you are. This is where that little plus comes in, LGBTQ+. What's the plus? It's because if this is true, there is an infinite number potentially of sexual identities any individual could adopt for themselves. Yeah. And here's the problem, you know, laws are based on on truths that are unshakable. But if your identity is fluid, if your if your orientation is plastic, then the law itself must be plastic right. and fluid. And so can you imagine like in the court of law, lawsuits about this type of stuff or or a teacher who just says, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't know you identified as a porcupine. You know, forgive me. I used the wrong pronoun. Uh, we've, we've heard there are, there are fraternities, university fraternities, who are all uh, founded on, like, 
furries or cats. And so they have litter boxes in the fraternity because these people identify as cats. Like, just think of the animal world. Like, how in the world are we going to cater to a, a fluid realm of sexual identity or orientation that is literally infinite? Like, how do you live in that we world? We can't. The, the world... In that worldview, because like you said, the fluidity of law, which is a paradox in itself, because law itself is not fluid, because if, if, it's, if it's fluid, it's no longer a law, right? Exactly. It's it, meaningless. It, 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 it collapses <laughs> upon itself, now, which could either cause a revolution in terms of ideological revolution to say, hey, we can't handle this. We got, there's, this is insane. We, there's there's got to be some foundation that we can stand on. Or what it leads to is barbarism, which is, since everything's fluid, only those with the largest microphone, the largest voice, and the most money becomes right. Yeah, and I'll just say this. Yeah. This brings chaos. Right. And when chaos happens, everybody looks for some place to land. Like, you got to find solid ground because yeah. we have to run our businesses, raise our kids. You know, we have to eat. We have to survive. And, and so this breeds chaos. And I guarantee you, whatever fills that chaos will not embrace this chaos. They, they will bring their own form of order whether it's the state, right? Usually it's some totalitarian yep. uh, dictatorship that comes in. But, but this, this craziness is blow, will eventually blow apart at the seams. And when that happens, uh, that's when, yeah, just what you said, somebody uh, powerful steps in and brings order out of the chaos. And usually that order is not a good order. It is an oppressive form of, of tyranny. And, that, and that's why we have to get ahead of the game. That's why we need to bring in, usher in the, the, the true order, the kingdom of God, the system and orders and processes of God's kingdom yep. into to fill these vacuums, you know? So, so here's, the, here's, I think, a really good yep. takeaway as we wrap this up. When binary comes to be seen as a social construction, then it's viewed as as a construction that's used by the oppressors to keep the oppressed under. This goes back to the whole Marxist template we mm -hmm. talked about. And so the government's job is to make sure that the oppressors are not oppressing through these social constructs, right? So, so that's when we start being oppressed by right. government because we're not celebrating the new craziness and the insanity that's going on. Trans rights become civil rights, and once they become civil rights, then anybody who disagrees with them or someone, you know, say you hire a man, but he comes to work identifying as a woman, or let's just throw it out there. He comes to work identifying as a, a furry, as some animal, and he's dressed in a, in a uh, cat outfit with mm -hmm. a tail and whiskers, and he's your sales guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and you didn't hire him to be a cat at work. You, you hired him to be a man, a salesman. If I'm the boss and I fire him mm -hmm. because he's identifying as a woman or as a cat, I'm the one that's going to be fined. I, I am going to I am going to be taken mm -hmm. to court and my business will be sued and maybe my livelihood destroyed because I identified him. He identified as one thing. And, and if he's fluid, he could be all those things in the same day. And I'm supposed to cater to this person in the work world. Now, this, this is going to create all kinds of absolute insanity just in the work world. And yet what gets me is corporate America right now is just they're just cheering this on. They're, they're bowing to the, the, to the golden calf. All right. 
And and it's going to come back to bite them because I don't know how you're going to conduct business in that type of an environment. Uh, I, I don't know how that even, I don't know. How are you going to, we're, we're, we're having a mass exodus of teachers from public education. Everybody, well, they're not getting paid enough. No, no, I don't think it's any of that. I think who in the world wants to try to navigate this crazy new world that's being promoted by all the talking heads, media, corporate America? I mean, this is a powerful coalition where, where the emperor is flat out naked. He is butt naked and nobody wants to, to say it so we all just bow down and now we have school system i just saw where, where our local school system uh to the east of us fully embraced all of this nonsense because there's federal dollars attached to it under the Biden administration so now schools and school districts are being held hostage by an out-of-control federal government that's pushing this radical agenda and god only knows uh where it's going to to take us but this, here's the final point. This is the outworking of a sexualized, expressive individualism in public life, which is what we're talking about now, where the authority to dictate who you are is given to the realm of the psychological, not the biological. Mm-hmm. And whatever you feel is true. And, uh, and that's a crazy, that is a crazy world to live in. Yeah, and this is my takeaway is... is you build on the house of cards, eventually it'll come collapsing. And at that point, there's a vacuum. This is where the kingdom of God has to fill that vacuum. Yeah. We, we as believers... And this is why we sure. advocate for, for spiritual awakening revival. Because if, if, if God doesn't show up and the kingdom is not manifest... Well, I, I, think, the, I think the church needs... The, 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 I'm going to say the church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm not just talking about institutional church. I'm talking right. about the, the people the, the who people love Jesus. Who love Jesus. Jesus Needs to needs to recognize that we have a mandate to fill these voids by kingdom structure, kingdom order. The problem is a lot of times we don't bring solutions to these problems. Solutions we have we have bad issues. We have we ourselves are addicted to pornography. We ourselves have all kind of right. issues, and we we bring nothing to the table. So what fills the vacuum is these bad ideology because we can spouse good ideology, but if we don't live it, and people just get inoculated with it, right. people are craving for the real thing, authentic, genuine thing that they see it works. Well, that's or, what, or what's happening in much of the body of Christ today. And this was confirmed by a, a recent worldview study that was commissioned. Um, I think it was less than three in 10 evangelical pastors operate from a Christian worldview, which means many of our churches today are embracing this type of, of perversion uh, and unbiblical ideology and in, embracing it into the church. Instead of standing up and saying, we refuse to be complicit, this is insanity, it's wickedness, it's evil, it destroys young people, it destroys society, and it dishonors God. And so we're not going to play the game, which is what we need to be doing right now. But there's very few people, even in the church leadership, with courage to go against this coalition because it's a powerful coalition. Yeah, and again, I think the foresight to be able to see that, hey, you know what, eventually there will be a vacuum that comes out. So, so I'm not even. Are we are we ready to bring a solution to fill that vacuum, or are we just cursing it, or are we creating? Are we are we creating the correct infrastructure, the parallel infrastructure to come in and say, hey, this is what education should look like. This is what a kingdom business should look like. This is what a kingdom institution, kingdom government should look like. This is what a true statesman, not a politician, should look like from a kingdom perspective to fill in this realm, to fill in this vacuum. Yeah. You know, so I, I, well, I get excited because it's, it's actually encouraging us to say. Hey, there is a void to be filled. There's, I, I just, I've been reading. We, are, we always talk about the devil overplaying his hand. You know, 
this I, I believe this movement is an overplaying of the the enemy's hand so yeah. much so that you look at it and you go there's no way this is holding together this 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 is built on such like you said a house of cards this is going to be blowing well, apart. I, I think you look at the world you look at what's going on in Europe right now I mean I think there's the pop there's a populist movement because they're seeing these global elites are, are recognizing that these ideologies don't work yeah. their food prices the energy prices are going through the roof oh, and yeah. they're like what is going on but what is the solution that we bring you know, I've been reading through my devotion i've been reading through second kings and just just uh, all these kings just like bad king here bad king here he's a king he's not so bad but he didn't take down all the all yeah, the compromise. all the poles and whatever i'm just like the, the regimes come and go yeah period comes and go that's be a, a a generation that we bring we bring our a game our kingdom yeah. a game to fulfill these things and, and next next podcast i'm excited about because we're going to be looking at the um the implications of things that were traditionally ideas and rights embraced by uh, liberals, all right? Things like uh, First Amendment, right yeah, to free, free speech, speech uh, yeah. freedom of religion. Yeah. All of these things are absolutely under assault based on this, this ideology. And um, I think you'll find the next podcast hopefully equally as informative as this one. So thank you so much. We want to be sensitive to your time. Thank you for tuning in, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Please share this podcast far and wide. Obviously, what we're talking about is incredibly relevant. This is exactly where we're at today. And as Pastor Andrew just shared, we need to be the ones bringing solutions and answers, uh, truth with compassion to a society that's uh, becoming increasingly sexual, sexually broken. So thanks for tuning in today. Until next Thursday, have an amazing week.